recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. Episode 26, Throne of the Taco King. Soggy. It. <laughs> not, My first. Not crispy. Yeah, it does. Yeah, make... I, I, I think I'm gonna have to go to the uh, the taco first. Oh yeah. Yeah, they are. I don't know if I'd call them crispy. I mean, I think it's the, a the... crispy in the sense that it's a hard shell. Right. At first. And I think like overcooked around the edges. Well, it, I mean, it's crispy in the bite, but that's the edges, like you said. And because I'm trying this for the first time, I'm not going to grab out an extra, you know, Taco Bell sauce or anything to put on it. But it Don't looks like maybe it. it could use it. It's a taco. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not a Whopper. Since this episode, we're not recording an intro, I suppose I should say I'm David. And I'm Anthony, or uh, Tony. Or Meatball, or Burger King. That's right, I was Burger King. This would be a good King. one to talk about Burger King on there. So we're uh, substituting our regular Wednesday pizza night with uh, Burger King, where we've decided to uh, sample the crispy taco. One dollar was the price tag on them. I think it said more online, but on their screen it said one dollar. Did it say online? I couldn't find prices online. I want to say I saw like a dollar twenty something somewhere, but could be wrong. They're not soggy, like dripping all over, but definitely like you know, oily through the shell. Oily is definitely a uh, good description of what that was. The shell is kind of like formed around whatever they put inside of it, which is some sort of like meat paste. You know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit is uh, particularly the the meat paste in the middle is uh, the taco meat from school lunches. And I don't know if they did the same thing in Kewaskum, but when the Milwaukee public schools there was a certain type of meat that they put in the tacos where you kind of questioned whether or not they just opened a can of animal food and plopped in your shell. And I don't remember tacos too much at Holy Trinity. Interestingly, you got yours with no lettuce. My lettuce was all inside the bag, not inside the taco, as well as whatever sauce they're supposed to put in there is all in the bottom of the bag. 
So I didn't even know that there was any kind of sauce on ah, that thing. Okay. I got to the end of it, and I'm like, oh, there's more inside. <laughs> and I pull out a bunch of lettuce covered in the sauce. It's kind of like with a walking taco, but... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I got the full the full effect of it because um, some, some important ingredients were missing from the taco itself. Yeah, mine's pretty saucy. It looks like on the inside, too, the bag. Same yeah. kind of deal, but the, it looks like I got a decent amount in the shell yet. The, the bag was definitely soggy. It's all leaking through. Torn up from the sauce being in it. But yeah, that's why it's Burger King, not Taco King. The kind of shell they use is reminding me of a when you buy like the frozen taco, like mini tacos out of the freezer and, uh, you know, heat them up in the microwave, like that kind of corn tortilla, which is tasting different from whatever they have at the, you know, at Taco Bell. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of getting that kind of, I'm trying to think what, if that was like an old El Paso frozen tacos or something like that, but trying to, hey. Hello. Hello. I'm trying to figure out if the shell was formed around everything in there just because of, as it got soggy, it kind of did that, or if that's just how they how they they cook them. Because it almost seemed like they put everything in the shell and then cooked it. Or I don't know. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Just grabbing the list, I think. All right. It's just the this week. It's just the connecting variant for power side. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a good night. So I see the taco already kicked in. Uh, no. <laughs> Just my seven hours since I went to the bathroom kicked in. Oh, good. I was worried for a minute because I've also eaten taco. So I'm not much of a fry guy. Whenever I say that, I think of the McDonald's fry guys. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I get substitutes like the onion rings, which are not cold. But everybody's got their favorite fry place. McDonald's is often the most popular. The problem with McDonald's fries is they're inconsistent and they're great when they make them right and you get them fresh and everything, but that seems to be very infrequent. You got a favorite uh, <clears throat> favorite fry? Well, the Taco Bell nacho fries are pretty good, <laughs> uh, but no, your, your standard fry, like I'd pick a McDonald's over a Burger King, Wendy's I couldn't tell you the last time I've had fries there. If you throw curly fries into the mix, I don't know if that's cheating, if that's like, you know, because I think Arby's has regular fries too. I don't think it is cheating though, because I've seen, uh, I've seen fry lists like that where they throw in curly fries or waffle fries or something like that. Because if you gave me the best batch of McDonald's fries and put it up against the best batch of Arby's curly fries, I won't even think about the McDonald's fries. Always been a curly fry kind of fan, so yeah, I think I think overall, uh, I, I like Culver's crinkle cut fries because that's the other one that isn't like anything else when it comes to like fast food joints. See Culver's, I I usually substitute uh, 
fries with like cheese curds. Cheese curds, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I make the mistake of just adding cheese curds onto the fries, and but I could see that being, you know, an opportunity to uh, swap those out. Um, but yeah, curly fries from Arby's, I think would uh, would take the cake. Wait, were we talking about cake or fries? Uh, cake fries. Cake fries. Probably already have been. They gotta be. You can get a side of cake fries with your cronuts. Uh. That it? I'm digging the, the chicken rodeo. The rodeo chicken. First time I've had it. Because I usually get the rodeo ingredients with a burger. But that one fell off the menu. Or fell onto the floor or something. And, uh... I saw the chicken version, which has the uh, the onion uh, onion rings. It's got uh, barbecue sauce, you know, the cheese and the whatever. It has the option of uh, mayonnaise, but I usually get if something has mayonnaise. Usually, I'll opt out if possible. Not against mayonnaise. You just don't trust it. Yeah. Reminds me of pus. You're not sure if it's mayo or their special sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, the, the pus line, uh, Jimmy Fallon usually says that, or they're talking about something, and he always says he doesn't like mayo on anything. You can see him. Got some mayo on there? There is some mayo on my uh, Whopper, and I got the barbecue um, bacon Whopper, and there's a little bit of bacon on there, uh, not a whole lot of barbecue. Uh, sort of had bacon I think they, think they might have forgotten about the barbecue and the bacon barbecue. Is that what it was though? Maybe it's just barbecued bacon. Bacon and cheese. Bacon and cheese, wasn't it? Oh, there was a barbecue thing. I was thinking about uh, there was some other barbecue thing. That's why. All right. I know I read off this card. This okay. uh, Barton Brick Builders yeah. card. Yeah, defunct Lego Club. <clears throat> um, yeah, there was, because uh, they have a barbecue bacon thing, and I was thinking about getting that, and then I went with the bacon and cheese Whopper instead, and I still had the uh, barbecue on the brain. That would my, my barbecue brain was thinking of. Barbecue on that, the brain that's, would that's, have been That's why there's not much barbecue on there. If you didn't so, already do it. Which means that what I thought might have been like a barbecue sauce was actually just a little bit of ketchup, which they also could have added just a little bit more on there. Now, uh, Kirby, who needs to catch up on some of these listenings, um, these listenings. Um, maybe he's caught up. I don't know. I haven't talked to him for a while, so maybe he's, uh, just, maybe he's been catching up. <laughs> well, the, on my forum podcast, I may have mentioned it on here, but we did a food segment, and he had always contributed to it in the later year when he uh, got on board with the podcast and started meeting him and talking and becoming friends, and... Uh, you know, and it wasn't long after that that you guys ended that podcast. Weird. There, uh, well, he, he brought those bacon and cheese crickets that might oh. have. Uh, um, but he kept saying, you know, he had some requests for, you know, just doing a in-your-mouth segment as a podcast, as what we called our food segment. And uh, it definitely was our most entertaining. It was at the end of each show. So after talking geek for an hour and a half, we were just hungry to rip into whatever, you know, snack foods we bought that week and uh and what's been interesting in the last couple episodes of the call here when it's just been you and i it, it's turned into a food podcast mm. um so he's getting uh he's getting what he had wanted in a way 
Well, we just decided that we would change things up a little bit. We've been doing pizza for a long time. It's not that we have anything against pizza, because we have pizza other days of the week, I'm sure. Yeah. I know I do. I'm sure you do. Had it yesterday. Uh, Rocky Rococo's. I went to go pick up. I have not been to one of those in years. Yeah. I had one to uh, pick up my copy of Endgame. Um, it's not Avengers Endgame re-release. That's a di- I'm, I'm assuming that's going to come out on Blu-ray, uh, you know, like a month and a half later or so. But I bought Avengers Endgame on Blu-ray and uh, stopped at the mall. I purposely had it picked up at a at a Best Buy next to Mayfair so I could go get Rocky Rococo's. And, oh, it's so good. Tammy and the kids have not been to one. forget where we were. I think we were in Sheboygan and saw one. I mean, uh, she brought it up, and I was like, yeah, we should go to one. But there's not one close by where it's like convenient to go to. I think Fond du Lac is the closest one, if it's still there. Well, Friday we got to go through Fond du Lac to get to Appleton. Maybe we should uh, stop at the Rocky the Cocos. And before you do, double check it still exists, because it's been a couple years since yeah. I've been to that one. The Mayfair one is within the, you know, the food court mall, so they don't have a Sabaros or anything like that. So it feels like Rocky Rococo in Mayfair is probably going to stay there for hmm. quite some time. The last time I went to one was in Waukesha. I was uh, a roofer at the time, and we were working on a, a roof out in Waukesha, and that's where we went for lunch was Rocky Rococo's. And before then, I don't think I'd been there in many years either so yeah I, so that's over 10 yeah that must or, be like uh you know like one a one visit to rocky rococo's every 20 years or so it's like when weird al does a star wars parody now he i said, sound really old <laughs> he uh weird al has said that he like someone asked him if he was gonna do a new star wars parody for the new trilogy and stuff and he said he likes to pace space out his uh Star Wars parodies every 20 years, which, when you look at it, we're at the 20th anniversary of uh, Episode 1, and then he did the Saga Begins, so we're due for another one here. because yeah, I only go to Rocky Rococo's <laughs> whenever Rudolph puts out a Star Wars <laughs> song, so... <clears throat> you just listen to it on repeat. Maybe if just... I go to Rocky Rococo's, it'll just happen. Yeah, you go there first, and that might uh, trigger a release, and maybe... For the episode nine coming out this year, that uh, maybe he's got one planned. So now that he knows the title of it, fun fact about episode one is that he wanted the song to come out very timely for when the movie came out, and he had requested if he can get a, a look at the script so he could, you know, write a song based off of it. And he was rejected and, you know, and something like that, especially the first Star Wars since the 80s, you know, that's definitely going to be on lockdown. And uh, he wrote that song based off of Internet rumors that he just sifted through on what people heard and the buzz and the leaks and the blah, blah, blah. And he said he got to go to the early premiere, you know, like the week before, you know, the red carpet before it came out in theaters. And he said he only had to change one lyric that wasn't true based off of what he just kind of assembled. Because when you listen to that song, that's basically telling 
episode was, one. Was, was it Padme's age? <laughs> that, that Maybe that was it. I don't know if he's revealed it. Yeah, you because know, she was 14, he was nine. Yeah, because I wouldn't have guessed. I thought there was a bigger age difference than that. Yeah, yeah. But so, maybe, like maybe he it was... was nine and she was like 20. Oh, oif alarm. <laughs> it's probably not important unless uh, unless the cat's having kittens. So, yeah, I did tell you because yeah. you're not interested. You don't want to. You don't want to. Kitten. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. Because that's I'm one dead. of... <clears throat> it's not the problem, but it's one of the problems with taking in a stray cat who's pregnant is then you have to worry about where to get rid of all the little furry babies. And for those of you who are thinking uh, in a river in a burlap sack, that would be wrong. What if um, for anybody that subscribes and buys... Issues of either Catwoman or uh, Black Cat series that's going on right now. You get a free cat. While supplies last. <laughs> because I'm not going through this just to, oh, now we got to make more because. <laughs> yeah, the demand. Sales are up. Yeah, a couple of, pe- <laughs> a couple of people added Catwoman to their uh, to their pull list. Uh, got to go back to the, <laughs> go back and making some more cats. So We don't even know how many kittens it's having. The ultrasound showed uh, two. And, you know, we got no pictures. No, like what? usually, like oh, pictures. Like usually, people go to the doctor and they're you know, having a baby. They get the ultrasound, and then you see the pictures. They're mm-hmm. all over, you know, Facebook yeah. and YouTube and <laughs> everything else. Snapchat, Instagram, and. Uh, yeah, you take you, you know, a pregnant cat to the vet. What they they don't give you pictures of it. I wasn't there, so I don't know if they were <laughs> offered. I would think that my wife would have said, "Oh yes, please." Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> then I wonder if it'd be the standard black and white photos, or if it'd be the weird, like colored, practically three D. Yeah, they look like some <clears throat> demon alien kitties. Which we we never had pictures like that of of our kids. I think um, I think they were starting to do that a little bit around the time that uh, you know Katie was on the way, but they but most places were still using the black and white ones. I think it's it's a lot more common that you get the the weird ones. They just they look weird because they color them like almost a flesh tone, but it's not a natural thing. Because first of all, like your unborn kid's not been tanning, you know, down in, down in the Bahamas for a week, you know, and it's like too too dark. It's like almost like a, I guess it's almost like a sepia type thing. But and I think like if they've uh, lent out to uh, you know some comic book colorists, you know, I think Matt Wilson from War of the Realms, I think he did some of the colors and. Uh, some of the recent ultrasounds, um, Rochelle Rosenberg, I think she's done some, uh, Jordi Belair, who I think does the best ultrasound sound colors out there. So, and, uh, <clears throat> who's doing the letter? Joe Sabino, Joe Sabino, VC's Joe Sabino. He's doing, uh, all the lettering on those. So. Cause you know, sometimes they'll write stuff like <laughs> hi, 
Hi, mommy and daddy, or whatever they write. <laughs> I wonder how many people they do that because really? there's there's some pretty dumb people that procreate out there. <laughs> I wonder how many of them get the little image that says that. Oh my god! <laughs> Saying hi. <laughs> it's his first words, <laughs> and it typed it out. <laughs> We're going to save so much. In all caps. It's very <laughs> excited. Oh, like a little poop emoji. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh... Yeah, that'll be next, right? Emojis for your ultrasound. I forgot to show you the, like, the Easter egg dye, like, mixture color of the grape surge. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like, it, it looks like you purposely mixed a bunch. I think there's a term for it when you just... Combine a bunch of sodas at those fountains. I forget if there's a, probably several terms for it, but uh, that's kind of what the grape surge looks like. It doesn't taste bad, but it looks bad. That's why it's not in a clear container. Yeah, they gotta hide that. And that and that's with probably a bunch of artificial colors. <laughs> that's the problem. It's got <laughs> more artificial colors than most of them do. You took um, all the artificial colors and just mixed them together. I gotta remember to stop wearing this specific Silver Surfer shirt during meal times because I keep thinking I've got crumbs on me, but it's the spot, you know, the stars and the, the specks in space. But I like keep looking down and being like, oh man, like it just. And then I realize that I didn't get mayonnaise, so. But I've caught myself a couple times when I just happen to like glance and then I'm like, oh man, I, I look like a mess. And then I realize, oh, those are just stars. It's weird because somebody I work with today at work on our work pants, it's got a little tag because they're like cargo style pants. And the one pocket on the leg has a, has a tag from like the brand or whatever. And he was walking past me and suddenly he like looked down his leg and he grabbed it and he's like, I hate this thing. It's like because I keep seeing it out of the corner of my eye and thinking that I like drop something on my pants or or something like that. Like thinking, oh, what did I slop on my my leg now? And it's just the the tag. So it's a similar thing. Which is weird because to me it just looks like the tag on the pants, but now like a stain of something. Yeah, but he thinks it's a stain of something. Yeah. And I guess I can see why he would have been so worried about it, being that he was on his way back from the bathroom when he noticed it. Ah, yes. Oh. After taking a run? Mm-hmm. It's a red tag. He must have thought he had a red rod. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Jacob and birthday parties, <laughs> so we got a stack of the Marvel Comics 1000, which comes out at the end of August, and they are celebrating it as Marvel's 80th birthday and they do say something on there about a birthday party so I had sent him a picture of this and I said well you better be there so don't miss your participating comic shops Marvel birthday party Saturday August 31st so Jacob who often is just overbooked with birthday parties left and right Here's, and then he can't come to the comic are, shop. Are you bringing in a cake? I I might. Because <laughs> it would be pretty easy, easy, pretty easy just to do the Marvel logo. Um, I'm probably not going to get this design, you know, on there. 
It looks like an Alex Ross esque. That might be just a a hair beyond the uh, the talents of the yeah Piggly Wiggly Bakery staff. Nothing against them, but this is uh, this might cost an extra penny, and um, I'd hate just to cut into that and have strangers eat it. So unless I'm eating that whole cake, mm. and by strangers I mean Comic Club, we're all a bunch of strange people. Yes. Doctor Strange, Doctor Stephen Strange. Is there any other strange characters? Um, Who's DC's strange guy? Adam Strange, right? There, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hugo Strange. Doctor Strange Love. Strange Earth Ends. It's comic, so that counts, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. So, anyways, Marvel Comics 1000 birthday party coming up on August 31st. There may or may not be cake. I am buying three covers of the Marvel Comics 1000, which might cut into my personal cake budget. Um, Nine ninety nine a book, but it's uh, eighty pages of awesomeness. What it looks like. Got the standard cover. I think I have the uh, <laughs> the Ron Hots. No, the Ron Hots. <laughs> Ron Limbs nineties cover. Uh, AKA Ron Hots, and then uh, <laughs> and I have the Mike and Laura All Red cover because it's the All Reds, and so that's thirty dollars. That's not the All Reds. <laughs> Mike All Red. No, um, his work is crap. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not you know my number one favorite. More so like my number two favorite out of the if I were to rank them kind of rank while we're on the topic when there's a joke and then we're silent in between i never know if i should insert crickets chirping or canned laughter what about crickets inside of a canned mm. can laughing laughing crickets in a can but that's a thing somebody's got to be selling that on the internet so overall going back to the bk taco let's put out a fake scenario in which you and I get food from Burger King in the future. And then you're told like, hey, BK tacos are a dollar. Do you throw one taco on there for a dollar? Or do you think, you know what? I'm just going to use that dollar towards a Burger King menu item and go to Taco Bell on a different day. Yeah, that last one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've got some work to do on the tacos. I mean, they're not terrible, but... No, they 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 need some work. Again, I didn't get the uh, the full uh, the full experience because my sauce and lettuce and stuff were in the bottom of the bag instead of in the taco, which I don't understand because that taco was folded and formed to what was in it. It was closed. I don't know how that stuff got out of it, unless that's all the stuff that they put on after they overcook it. Yeah, I might be in that same boat. Um, definitely not going there to get an order of tacos and then that's it, you know, because then I would just go to Taco Bell. But I'm not opposed to getting one, especially if it's like a late at night thing and I happen to go through the drive through at that kind of point, at that kind of time, I'd just be like... That'll be Burger King's next step is like late night. Yeah. <laughs> We've got... Uh, it's 4th. Fourth or fifth, sixth meal. Why not? (laughs) 
Yeah, so it might be one of those things where it's just like, I am super hungry. A dollar taco, no matter where I'm at, could be you know, a selling point based on the level of hunger. But I could, I could see it doing well if they were open late. You know, they probably get a lot of business from like the bar crowd. You're leaving the bar. You're hungry. Taco Bell's the other side of town. But hey, Burger King's open. They've got tacos too. I'm just gonna send a message to a friend here. Comic Con related. Which one? Ace Comic Con or which friend? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't. I know you only have one friend. That's I true. Mean, what what, <laughs> what Comic Con? Ace Comic Con this coming October in Rosemont, Illinois. <clears throat> so last week you were wearing a uh, a certain T-shirt that mixed two of your favorite properties. Yes. Uh, that being Buffy and Archie. So I'm noticing the previews catalog right now. Uh, it's advertising yes. Buffy. Buffy plus Angel. Yes. And first of all, it's funny because it says meet in their first ever comic <laughs> book event. Which isn't true. Which, yeah, maybe for this version of it, that would be true. Through Boom Studios, through their current publication, yes. But Buffy and Angel have been meeting in the comics since the comics started coming out in like 98, 99, I think. They did a, they did a long, healthy run. I think up to like 60 or 70 some issues. There's very few that I'm missing out of uh, the 90s run. But then all of like the current, you know, more seasoned uh, subtitled Buffy comics, they've definitely met there as well. But this is the first of this current iteration, yes. Buffy and Angel. <clears throat> but uh, you get all the elements that were on your t-shirt. You get uh, Buffy you get Angel, you get Spike, you get Steaks. Is there a milkshake on there? Um, y you know what? Maybe a milkshake variant? There isn't. There isn't a milkshake. But that's where you get the blank sketch cover. They don't offer them for that company. I don't think anyone does it outside of Marvel and DC. But well, you can have just someone draw. Use your, use your absolute tarnage one. That would be good. <laughs> there was somebody that... Uh, Dang it, I don't think I saved that photo. I, uh, it's not going to be good for those who didn't make it in for the podcast here. But it's amazing what you can... Oh yeah, I, th I know where to find him. So, speaking of Archie, Dan Parent, who is... Uh, I think he writes as well, but he does like the... Does he have any kids? Um, Wouldn't that be ironic if he was childless? If he was childless for being a parent. Um, not sure. Um, Daniel Parent. So it's not a parent as to whether or not he's a parent. Well done. Um, Dan Parent, who uh, draws Archie Comics in the, uh, he's a longtime artist for Archie Comics, Felix the Cat, DCIW, IDW, Random House. Oh, he's the creator of Kevin Keller, who is one of the later creations into the Archie universe. Uh, you know, their first, uh, maybe not first, but probably their first, like, major, like, gay character into their comics line, which, you know, was thrown into their comics. And then, you know, 
we see Kevin Keller in the in the Riverdale show and stuff like that. So it's definitely one of those things where you went like at that time maybe like sixty years of like Archie comics without probably not adding too many characters along the way. A lot of them were probably pretty early on creations. Your Sabrinas and your Dilton Doilies and your everybody else. So it probably took a long time until they created such a popular character that is it feels like he's always been there in a way. Um he did a lot of sketch covers this past weekend at uh, Terrificon, and it is gorgeous, the stuff that he came up with. Um, so some people had some detective comics, and you could see these if you go to Parent Daniel at, uh, on Instagram. But he, good example of like getting a sketch cover done, he had a, someone give a Detective Comics 1000, and he did some very... 60s Batman, Adam West, you know, style with uh, Catwoman. And um, he also, somebody had the Infinity Gauntlet uh, miniseries that I think was during the recent Secret Wars, mm-hmm. and they gave it to Homer Simpson. He's got the Infinity Gauntlet, the, the comics-inspired design of the, of the gauntlet and the colors and whatever. So Homer Simpson with the gauntlet. He did that on the Secret Wars cover. He did uh, some more Detective 1000 uh, with uh, Batgirl and uh, Adam West Batman as well. Um, these other ones. Oh, there's the uh, Edge of Venomverse. He did a, uh, a Vampirella and Vampironica sketches. So he did that one as a cover. And he did full colors and stuff on it too, which, uh, you know, usually would be an added expense, but... It's pretty cool to, to see that. He had a Harley and Ivy, the Betty Veronica one, which he put all four of those characters on. But, like, you look at these and they look like there would just be, you know, some of them don't have the major backgrounds or anything like that. But not all the kind Not a lot of covers in general don't. Yeah, so it, like, it very much looks like, rather than it's just a sketch on a blank cover. Right. It looks like it is the cover sketch of that blank, you know, of that cover. So going back to, uh, it would be interesting to, since they had a Homer Simpson with the Infinity Gauntlet, which never happened, but now in a Fox Disney, you know, we could see a Homer Simpson thrown into into something. Um, (laughs) I'm sure we will. Dope! But anyways, I've got a couple sketch variants that uh, I want to probably present to Ryan Brown, uh, Chicago-based artist, uh, does the art for Curse Words. He uh, has his own God Hates Astronauts. I've talked about him on the Crimson Cow Comic Club podcast many a times. Um, He's one of those that you follow him, and he does a lot of funny, hilarious, a lot of comedy-based stuff, but he does some serious stuff as well. He's got a couple Marvel covers, and he's got a new one that's coming out. But uh, he, he likes to play it up with the comedy, so when I have these sketch variants... I'm excited to kind of go up and just say, hey, I've got the Carnage one. I'm like, draw something stupid related to Venom and Carnage and Spidey or something. And I won't even, I'll just come back, you know, at the end of the show and then I'll just see probably something really crazy. Now, I don't think I've discussed it on these podcasts because I know I've said it here, but there was one fan of his that asked for an Ant-Man sketch 
on an Ant-Man blank cover. Have I told you this story at all? Yes, yes. You, okay. you have told me, and I don't think you've said it on the podcast, but then I figure it doesn't matter because Deep Fry Shoot. Perfect. That's my go. That's my green light to tell it. I'll tell the quicker version is that someone brought him an Ant-Man sketch cover. Sorry, Jake. I gotta get it all. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Hey, I want Ant-Man drawn on here." Guy came back to the booth, and it looked like it was mostly still blank, except on the very on the Ant-Man logo that was at the bottom already at the bottom of the sketch cover or the Marvel logo. It was, I think. Then he drew a very tiny Ant-Man that had a word balloon that just said, "I'm Ant-Man." And uh, while I would laugh my ass off of seeing that, I could see Ryan Brown probably not charging for it just because, I mean, nothing against him, but we could probably do that same cover at a pretty accurate to what he did. Um, but I don't know if it, if it was a normal charge or not, but uh, apparently the, the person didn't like it. So Ryan Brown on sketch paper, since he kind of quote-unquote ruined that cover, he then he's like, all right, well, I'll do you a new Ant-Man sketch. And then he did one that was a giant giraffe sticking out its long tongue. And on the tip of the tongue is that very tiny Ant-Man again with the word balloon that says I'm Ant-Man. <laughs> but now he's on a giraffe tongue, which is very Ryan Brown, if you're uh, familiar with a lot of his animal work, which I'm sure Tim is, because... Ryan Brown likes drawing animals like how Tim loves animals. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I could see Tim going to a con and, and, and meeting him and say, draw me some animals. <laughs> just animals just rolling around, messing messing around in the in the fields. Um, apparently the customer did not like that one either, which I would have saw that. I'm like, man, I... That would have made my day. So he did one more attempt at the Ant-Man drawing that weekend and did another new sketch. And this time he came up with a mini, uh, a mini, uh, <laughs> that's the life alarm again. Wasn't sure if you were taking it. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just ignoring the call. I was, go ahead. Okay. Ignoring it. Um, well, I'm not ignoring my wife. No. No, I would not ignore my wife. I'm just, we're in the middle of a podcast, and normally if she calls and, you know, whatever, I'll put it on hold, and then as soon as we're done recording, I'll call her back or I'll send her a message and be like, sure. sorry, we were recording the podcast. Yeah. So she's definitely not hearing any of this right now. Oh, and it's on speakerphone. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, oh yeah, so he drew one last attempt at an Ant-Man sketch, and it was this, like a bearded superhero, big cape, and heroics, and blah blah blah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing that that's my wife calling yeah, she's got on the store. phone here. So maybe it's important. Maybe the, you know what? Maybe we're having kittens. Hey, we could sell them real quick. Oh, look, it says, <laughs> it says it's my wife. <laughs> Thank you for calling Crimson Cull Comics and Collectibles. This is David. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just 
tried, tried twice on the cell phone, and then you called the store phone, so I'm like, oh, maybe we're having kittens. No kittens. Well, Anthony's really disappointed because he really wants one bad. And <sighs> No. You know, it turns out that, um, and I'm not including him in this, but it turns out that I know a lot of people who just don't like cats. I'm fine I mean, with he, he, Yeah, he says he's fine with them. I'd he never, just doesn't want one. I would never own one, but I'm not opposed to him. Eh, I, you know, just in general, I don't like cats. I mean, there just happens to be one cat that's, you know, different than all the other cats. And that happens to be my cat. I I don't know why she'd be upset that I didn't answer the phone when she called. I never answer the phone when she calls when I'm doing this. Yeah. Now, she likes to not answer the phone when I really need something. Like, she sends me to the store for something, and I realize that she didn't specify what she actually needed on the list. She keeps it very general, but I know that there's a specific thing she needs. So I'll call her back, and she doesn't answer the phone. But the one that really gets me is when she calls me. And I couldn't answer it because, like, uh, I'm at work and I'm busy or something like that. And I call her right back. Like, within a minute, I call her back. And she doesn't answer her phone. Yeah, they disappear. Yeah, I'd normally see, like, popular memes where to show somebody, like, staring at their phone and then like the meme will will say i'm waiting for this phone to stop ringing so i can text the person back and say what did they want yeah <laughs> like i don't want to talk to you i just you know why are you calling me um is that bag empty uh that bag is uh empty enough I, we got an extra zesty sauce we'll we'll save that for the future when we have something that needs some zesty sauce did they pack napkins there was there? a couple we've got napkins good I got a little little zesty sauce on the table. Maybe one of those graduation ones might be good to yeah. <laughs> cover that up. Yeah, the 2019 graduation ones that we'll have for years. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not a lot on there, so this should work. But uh, these napkins are good for pretty much nothing. <laughs> they're not absorbent at all. It's almost like they're coated with something that makes them not absorbent. Like... Like, now I wrinkled it up, otherwise I could probably just smooth this out. Put it, <laughs> I suppose you can see a little bit on there where it's... it's kind of like the material the of, like, a shower curtain or something. That's okay. That's okay. The, uh, you know, people will put, like, lemon oil and stuff like that on their furniture. We just use Burger King. <laughs> yeah, when you threw zesty sauce onto your uh, your order, I didn't know if that was something that was, like, an option for the actual burger. So I like made sure I'm like, oh, with zesty sauce. And then, you know, she reached over and grabbed a couple containers because I've never had zesty sauce. So I just figured that was like instead of barbecue sauce or something. Yeah. On the actual. No, it's it's for your onion rings. Okay. Um, to go back to that Ant-Man sketch, I had one more sketch to explain. <clears throat> so there was a bearded superhero with a cape and all very heroic looking and there was a a narration box explaining the history of the character he drew on there which was Aunt Man A-U-N-T hyphen man 
And so he did the, a story, you know, he's got, you know, the, the power of, you know, five ants or something like that, five aunts. And, uh, and apparently I don't think the guy liked that one either. So I don't know how that guy came across Ryan Brown without like knowing that he was a very comedic type artist. If he just saw one of his he, serious works and just he was figured, the only professional artist there that didn't have a line at the time. Yeah, maybe. And, and, uh, but like, you know, it's not shaming someone who doesn't know Ryan Brown, but if you know Ryan Brown, you, you pretty much, if you're paying a sketch from him, you know what you're getting into for the most part, but maybe this guy just learned a lesson that, uh, you don't have Ryan Brown, uh, draw you your sketch unless it's going to be hilarious. So. <laughs> Maybe he was just mistaken. Maybe he thought he was getting a sketch from Ron Hotz. Yeah, yeah. Ron Hotz, now he's a couple lanes down. <laughs> but yeah, I've got a the Carnage one. I know I have a Silver Surfer black one. I have a My Little, My Little Pony blank sketch cover from a while back too that I'm just waiting for the right opportunity and I may want Ryan Brown just to do all three of those and just say draw something stupid with you know, each title something to the level of Ant-Man so. yeah I don't know I'll just draw a couple of the ponies in bed together and it'll just say friendship is magic <laughs> well see there you go I got an idea <laughs> um, was there more because we kind of spun off of it was there more about the Buffy and Angel or were you just commenting on the cover no, you were you were talking, and I happened to glance down at it yeah. and just just noticed that yeah, it's got all your typical minus the the milkshake. milkshake. So I would hate to miss an opportunity to talk about Buffy more. Although so maybe she had already one. had a milkshake because I mean, it looks like it brought all the boys to the yard. I think you're right. <laughs> maybe some girls too. Wait, uh, well, there's yeah, one. yeah, there's one down there. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a couple it's hard there. to see uh, upside down what are we looking at oh yeah willow's on there uh what looks like harmony is on there there's yep yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah ron hats hellmouth that sounds like something that you wake up with <laughs> i gotta go brush my teeth i got bad hellmouth <laughs> that's, that's what they call buffy's breath in the morning <laughs> hellmouth but uh, but anyways, yeah, um, Buffy and Angel are gonna meet in their first comic book event ever. Right now, they haven't. Uh, I don't think they've met in the current issues because they're starting to kind of cross over a little bit. But I don't think they've actually had an interaction yet. Whereas in the show, you see them meet within the first episode, and now it's been since January. I think is when Buffy started. So, uh, you know, it's been a half a year that, uh, in the books, they have not yet met. But I guess it's, I don't know if they're saving it for this, because this is a separate, it's not like, you know, Buffy number 12 and Angel number 8 and Buffy number 13 and Angel number 9. All it's right, an so actual, like, five-issue, I don't know if it's just called Hellmouth. Hellmouth, yeah, because this is Hellmouth number one. So, yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting, because, uh... To see if it's just existing in there and then they just jump back into the regular books or if those issues keep happening and they tie in like a who knows clone conspiracy it's a big event it'll be very popular and it'll just 
go on for years. It's like, it'll go on for so long that you won't be able to think about Buffy without thinking about Angel and Spike. To me, that sounds like heaven, not hell. Heaven mouth. I was just going to say, you wake up with heaven mouth. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you should jump on Twitter and uh, talk talk to her husband on there and just say, "Hey, just curious." Is uh, waking waking up next to her? Does she have hell mouth or heaven mouth? So the one thing that uh, I could risk doing that is having Freddie block me, even though we've got a pretty good friendship right now, and he often likes and responds and. Uh, uh, to the tweets that might be crossing the line. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to ruin that that yeah. bond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good call. Yeah, although what's weird is that you know his his wife has seen the pictures of the Buffy collection, and uh, she has uh, tweeted them out to her fans and everything, and so you know she's okay with it. So. <laughs> so he probably knows about it she's probably hey listen there's this freak online <laughs> now I I figured if I shared his his pictures he's not going to send them to me every day I figure I can just get it out of the way he'll get his response he'll be fine with it although you could have been like oh you like those here some more <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> this is just part one <laughs> huh. Wait till, wait till you see the pictures I'm going to send you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Just big old nope. Blocked. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you know, I'll do that after if I get to meet Sarah Michelle Gellar at a con. She's like one of the last ones out of like all of my favorite people and actors and creators that I haven't met yet. So once that's done, then, uh, you know, I don't want to ruin it. So after that, then it doesn't matter because I already got my picture. Well, you really <laughs> have to learn where the line is between super fan and super stalker. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and just just stay this side of the, that line. See, what's good is that being at all the cons uh, that I've been to, I get to witness some of the other, you know, fans as well. And some people that are maybe a little too much and I'm saying I'm pretty big fanatic and I have a lot of deep cut references and discussion and, you know, ideas for autographs and photos and things like that. But it's all pretty respectful and uh, usually gets a good laugh and it's unique. And, but, you know, I've seen some, you know, listen to some conversations of people waiting in line as well. And some people that are just seem like they're like, okay, and you gotta, you gotta tone it down a little bit here because you're a little, a little over the top. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got to get nice and close. I hope he spits when he talks. <laughs> I hope he's got heaven mouth. <laughs> or even hell mouth. I'd take it. Because, <laughs> yeah, there, there's been... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's, like, a, a certain one that was kind of cringeworthy, but I'm trying to see if I can pinpoint any specific one but a lot of it will have to do with like you know you'll see a lot of like you know the women getting a lot of uh kind of touchy-feely 
ops with like the male celebrities and stuff if they're really into them, whether it be like Norman Reedus or Sebastian Stan or somebody like that. And nothing seems to be over the line. Now I just thought of an example as I'm trying to think of that too. Like, I think everyone has fun with it. There's never really been too much of an issue. I haven't witnessed any like ultimate rejection, but you know, it's one thing that, you know, you don't see that going the other way with, you know, men getting these, you know, they, they can get hugs and stuff like that. But I think, you know, it, it's more okay one way than it is the other, yeah. which, you know, I'm fine with because it's awesome looking at those photos. Like when someone's so excited to meet like Norman Reedus and they get like a, like a super close hug, hug type of photo that it just seems like, okay, you know, they're, they might have crossed some boundaries there. And there's some with John Barrowman, who is probably the best. If you want to see some of the funniest photos, type in John Barrowman, like photo op or meet and greet or fan photo op or convention. And he does whatever you want. And male or female, he does so many photo ops with, you know, men or women like grabbing his ass and like, you know, him doing the same or them like, it's ridiculous. He gives the fan, if you're a John Barrowman fan, you're going to get probably one of the best experiences because he's game for whatever you bring to the table for the most part. Yeah, within reason. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I don't know where <laughs> what the reason is, but... Yeah, well, you see some of these photos, you may not realize that there's any reason. Uh, okay, so there, there's probably some limitations some some yes. some boundaries that shouldn't be this isn't me crossed. giving permission yeah. to do whatever you want to john barrowman i'm just saying look at those photos and if you like want something of like yeah your legal defense cannot be well this guy tony on this uh <laughs> podcast said it was okay or this guy meatball on a podcast that's probably not going to hold up in court <laughs> too much um it's going to hold up about as well as i like a taco at Burger King. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it. I I had uh, a taco from Burger King and onion rings, and uh, yeah, I probably have Hellmouth now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, zesty sauce. So going back to it, uh, you know, it's cool seeing you know people get those kind of moments and everything, and nobody really crossing a line. But I think. There was one time that a fan may have crossed a line because one con I saw some warnings on going up to the photo op and they've made some loud announcements on the megaphone just talking about rules and just get in line and it goes really quick, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they say like, you so know, like a lifeguard. They're like, <laughs> hey, no running. It's basically that. But then they started posting signs about, you know, no kisses and no this and that. Now, I remember there was something that I think was related with Nathan Fillion that there was either I read it online or like heard about the experience or it was a story afterwards or something. I think Norman Reedus had a had an interaction too where, you know, a fan went just one extra step. But I remember somebody like either requesting a kiss or going for the kiss on the photo and it ended up being like, you know, certain celebrities making certain rules and saying, you know, you know, I'm fine with, you know, arm around the shoulder or maybe a, a hug or something. But, uh, you know, when they have to start saying no kissing in your photo op with these very popular celebrities, yeah, I draw the line at tonsil checks. 
<laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> So, you know, there might be some some limits there and uh I don't know why I was talking about any of that, but I'd have to retrace our steps and see how how we got on that topic. Yeah. Buffy, photo op, Hellmouth, yeah. Freddie Prince, blocked uh, photos. I think it's, any one of those things could have led to. <laughs> I think it that. spun off into that, but anyways, be normal, people. <laughs> so, so, uh, so Nathan Billion and Norman Reedus had uh, some sort of interaction with each other. And <laughs> with each other, is that what you got out of the story? <laughs> and suddenly, there's all kinds of rules. Yep. And police lines and <laughs> people. Yelling through megaphones, not to dunk their sisters. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that is the rule with with kissing. Hey, no dunking. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> so, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that go and they'll they'll pay the money for the photo ops and and everything else. I've just never really cared that much about celebrities to spend a bunch of extra money. Um, I mean, it's the very few, very limited interactions I've had with celebrities uh, have been, uh, while brief, um, have been pretty pretty cool. But they're also ones that happen, you know, more naturally, like just running into somebody or not waiting you know, in a line for your experience or something. Right, right. Not uh, there's no money changing hands. It's like a Daniel Warren Johnson, like coming into the store or something. You yeah, know, just random. Yeah, that or being, you know, being at a con and Lou Ferrigno, like, hey, how's it going? And kind of, yeah, that that's still disappointing because I almost got to have a an absolutely free conversation with Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, uh, is is one of my earliest uh, introductions into the world of superheroes and um and everything else so so that was an awesome moment and then uh then some guy from the con is like hey lou i need to talk to you about that and And that was that was the end of it and i was like ah so close and just i've had uh about two or three moments that were free moments that in the in the wild of the hotel with lou ferregna one being uh, me going into an elevator, realizing somebody else was in there, and it was Lou Ferrigno. It was just Lou and just myself, and we were both going up. And what made it awkward is that here's Lou Ferrigno, you know, bodybuilder. He's still in, like, peak physique. And you're in an elevator with him, and there's no room because yes. it's just him, his muscles. <laughs> and, yeah. Me with my pencil neck. And uh, I was dressed... And you were like, how much can you bench? (laughs) (laughs) I was dressed as Indiana Jones, (laughs) which looked like a good costume, mind you. But I felt so dumb in a, you know, as a grown man next to an even more grown man, (laughs) Lou Ferrigno bodybuilder legend actor blah 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 and i'm sitting here like i'm indiana jones i'm pretending to be harrison ford ain't i cool and like it was just me and him and i was just like 
man, it's kind of awkward. I just, I just feel ridiculous. The other, you know, 72 hours at the con, I felt like I was awesome. But just being in that condensed elevator moment, just me and him, I just felt so dumb. And uh, my my floor was a stop before his. I'm sure he was up in the in the Hulk suite. And uh, um, so I didn't really say anything. I didn't want to bother him. And, I'm you know, he's just trying to get back to his room and things like that. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to say one thing. So I was about to get off on my floor. I just kind of turned around a little bit. I'm like, hey, I like your uh, cameo in the new Hulk movie. He said, thank you. That's when uh, Edward Norton's Hulk movie had just come out. So that was 2008. Um, and uh, so I, I just said that. And he said, thank you. And I went along my way. I didn't, you know, I figured that was enough. And and I had to go take my costume off and just look at my pathetic self just being like who am i um you know, now see if it were me and i'm like face to face with lou ferrigno yes. and i'm dressed as indiana jones yes i probably could have would have given him the the raiders of the lost ark thing you know with the guy with the swords where he just kind of looks at him and just pulls out his gun see i'd have done that i'd have, I'd have given <laughs> lou ferrigno big gigantic hulking Uferigno, I'd have given him that look and just like <laughs> the gun. Uh, the other one was in the same hotel but a different night. Actually different years a couple years later, me and my buddy Brent were filming a dollhouse like fake documentary movie thing, Joss Whedon's dollhouse. And uh, the Hyatt design at that time looked a lot like the dollhouse main headquarters from Joss Whedon's show on Fox. And I was coincidentally cosplaying as one of the dolls, just wearing simple like jogging pants, a maroon shirt. And, but I had like scars on my face that I drew and stuff like that. And, uh, from a very specific episode in the series. And once I realized that the Hyatt was redesigned that year, it looked just like it was on the show for some reason, a very, serene type of setting so i had my flip camera with me and i had brent record me walking around like a doll from dollhouse and there was everybody else that was just drinking and hanging out and being at the hotel and hyatt and everything acting like normal beings and i would purposely just walk in a very zombie like state and then i would stop and do like yoga poses in front of like people and like crowds of group people are just like look at me and i'm just sitting there and i'm just doing random and i'm just doing this like punk style in a way of just hidden camera because brent would be on the second floor from filming from the balcony to get the shot of it and everything like that and uh and when we were both on the bottom floor i was looking for the next location being like okay brent stand here and i'm gonna walk past here and get this shot blah 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 and i'm like holy crap, there's, there's Lou Ferrigno. He's like walking to his room or wherever he's going. So I'm like, quick, quick, move over here. I'm like, just record right here. And I was going to walk in the same shot. So I like ran all like around in a circle just to get to the other side so that I could walk, casually walk towards him. And we would pass each other while Brent's filming. And we barely got the shot and we got it. But like Lou, like, 
just like looked at me and then he like looked at Brent and then Brent like just kind of like put the camera down and like because we also didn't want to get her ass kicked yeah. like what are you guys doing and uh Hulk smash and you know he throws me into the into the fountain like he threw that bear back in the into that Hulk in that Hulk episode classic episode and uh but looking back at the footage and that video is on YouTube somewhere and um, we do have that tiny clip of Lou Ferrigno in one of my short films. Um, and then the third uh, third one would be, uh, I think, uh, I forget what it was, but I was standing. Oh, yeah. It was part of that same video. So, like, he came back around again. He must have been going back to his hotel room. And then he was heading towards the bar. And they had one side of the bar closed off. And they had this, like, partition set up, which looked like, the shower and changing partitions in the dollhouse show. So I'm like, Hey Brent, uh, I'm going to go back and pretend I'm taking a shower and you're just going to see like me behind there and everything. So I was going to do like this public shower scene in the Hyatt. And, uh, as we were setting up the shot, all of a sudden Lou Ferrigno was walking up to me. You know, Brent wasn't recording at that time. Cause we we're both just kind of like freaked out. All of a sudden he's back like, Oh, did he see us earlier and stuff like that? And, uh, he said something to me I didn't understand because I was just in shock of like, holy shit, Lou Ferrigno's like walking up to me. Am I going to get my ass kicked? He's going to scold me for filming him or something. And he asked me how to get into the bar. I'm like, what? He's like, he was like pointing because like that side was blocked off. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, they have an entrance over, you know, you just got to walk around the escalator and you can go in on the other side. And he looked down there and then he looked because I'm like, they basically kind of had it roped off in a way. And he's Lou Ferrigno. No one's gonna tell him where to where to go to get into the yeah. bar. And nobody tells Lou Ferrigno where to go. Yeah, and uh, unless you're like the director or something, you know, and you, you know, you're being paid to. So he looked over there and realized. Well, and even then, you ask. Yeah, <laughs> he looked over there and he's just like thinking, like he kind of shrugged it off, being like, "I'm not gonna walk all over there when I'm literally just like two feet away from getting into the bar just because they have that side blocked off." So he, like, had his arm on my shoulder and kind of brushed me off to the... Like, he didn't push me out of the way. Get out of my way. It was like... It was just like, all right, you know, Indiana Jones. (laughs) Get get out of here, short round. (laughs) Yeah, that time, compared to The Incredible Hulk, even though I was dressed as uh, Indiana Jones, at that point, I was short round compared to him. But he kind of, like, pushed me aside, and then he just, like kind of like over the top rope and just like went and just like, yeah, I'm not going to walk all over there just to get where I'm going right now. So those are like some interactions that were pretty interesting. Uh, he's going to be at my next con in a couple of weeks. So I don't know if I break out the indie costume and press my luck. There you go. Do, do a cast like a, a mashup with Indiana Jones and Dollhouse. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, you were yeah. that punk. No, but you know I've had fairly close encounters. I actually I uh, was at what one con down in Chicago, and uh, oh, I think it was at the uh, they had a Smallville. Oh uh, sure, thing, Cre- creation event thing probably there, thing there, and uh, so, uh, but as we were leaving at the the end of their their thing where they were up on the panel and everything. Um, uh, I was walking out the the side door, and Michael Rosenbaum's 
standing there and Lex Luthor himself. Yeah, he just uh he goes, Oh, oh hey, how's it going? And he like kinda you know patted me on the, the arm as I'm going by. I'm like, oh hey. <laughs> the guy that I was there with, who's actually my supervisor that I work with at my other job, um he's like, Oh my god, you know him? <laughs> Like, yeah, we used to be in a band together. <laughs> um, but, but he did. I mean, he was, uh, he was very friendly and was like, hey. um, and, uh, yeah, and who knows, maybe he remembered me from, uh, the, I believe it was the, the night before I was down there with a different crew. And actually, he was walking around with, um, name, name. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, John Heater. John Heater, yeah. yeah um, they're good buds. Yeah, yeah. They still are. So they were uh they were hanging out and they're walking around and uh um, they were kind of walking around outside the hotel and everything. Um as me and the group that I was with was walking down kind of the same same direction. And we're like, Oh yeah. Hey, it's yeah. Lex oh, Luthor oh, and Napoleon Dynamite right. walking yeah, they're, a bar. they're hanging out. <laughs> it does sound like a, a joke. But um, so most of us were kind of like, oh, wow, this is so cool. You know, whatever. We're walking down the street with these guys. And uh, we were all respectful and decided to give them their space, except that one guy. Oh, boy. And uh, I, I don't know if you know him, but you do. And uh, we'll just call him Michael. All right, yep. <laughs> <laughs> just for the, the sake of protecting his identity. Mike. Yeah. Um, but uh, but he completely oh, fanboyed. <laughs> um, and he's like going on and he's following him and he's hanging yeah. out with him and he's like, oh, can I get a picture? And, you know, all this. And, and for like two blocks, he's just like... <laughs> Finally, I think they they stopped and like like okay, we'll talk to the guy for for a Get couple rid of minutes them then. or whatever, right. and and you know make him happy and go and and we can see he's down there like getting pictures and <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's like it's cool that they did that. I mean, I would have liked to have gotten my picture taken with them, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's not during the con time. They're out. They're on their own time. They're just trying to hang out and be yeah. people. They're normal people. And uh. And stuff like that, and and here he is, like paparazziing them, and you know, stuff like that. And they 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 could have been like, you know, nah, you know, yeah. shove off. But uh, but they weren't. They were very uh, very polite, very kind. Um, they they did the pictures. They talked to him a little bit and whatever. And then finally, he had enough restraint <laughs> to to let them them go. He didn't like try to like hop in a bag and follow him back. <laughs> yeah. And that that reminded me just kind of talking about how you know they were nice and you know went with it and they could have very easily and respectively just said no and kept you know wherever they're going. A friend of mine was in a New York bar and I had to look up one of the actors' names so I had it right. But she saw um, I think it's is it Bill Skarsgård who was in the he was the new Pennywise. I think, and then he was uh, in yeah, Deadpool yeah. Two as uh, the vomit character, uh, like Zeitgeist uh, from Deadpool Two. 
Um, it was Bill Skarsgård and Steve Harrington who plays uh, Steve from Stranger Things. That's Steve, right? Just because it's real. Steve Harrington is the character. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That, okay, yeah. I didn't get his actor name here. Um, oh, Joe Keery. Joe Keery. Yeah. Okay. Close yeah. enough. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. See, I looked it up because I wanted to get his real name, and then I saw Steve, and I'm like, oh, yeah, his name's Steve Harrington. But that's his character's name. So Joe Keery, both of them were at a New York bar, and my friend went up and uh, asked if she can get a photo, and they kind of said, like, oh, you know, now is not the time for it. And, you know, they're probably having drinks and just being normal people. And then uh, she had said, you know, that she had asked again because she kind of, you know, she likes both of them. And, you know, they're both pretty hot commodities right now with their with their uh, film careers and TV and blah, blah, blah. And they had kind of, like, still rejected her. And then she said, you know, I, I may have been really drunk, too, she said. <laughs> but she didn't end up getting that photo at all. And they were just kind of saying, like, nah, no, no, it's not the time for it. Which, you know, I'm sure they were nice with it. and <laughs> They could. If whereas you get, if you get whereas over... there are a lot of, lot of guys, uh, famous or not, that if, uh, you know, some drunk woman came up and was like, I really like you guys. Yeah. You know, it'd probably have a different outcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, there's definitely a couple different ways to approach that situation, whether it be in an elevator dresses Indiana Jones with Lou Ferrigno, or being old high school buddies with Lex Luthor, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I. While I would love to. Uh, you know, say hi and have like just a couple minutes of conversation with, with any of these guys. Um, I think just that accidental brief interaction, Hey, I bumped into these guys on the street or I, I ran into this guy here. Um, I, I think those are, uh, are cool. Obviously they're, they're good memories. There's plenty of things in my life that I can't remember. I remember those things and uh, they're free. Yeah. And they're they're free. Grant, it cost me money to go to Chicago and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But it was I didn't pay extra for that specific experience. Yes, yes. So with you having said that, I'm excited for the next two months where I'll be spending lots of money to meet <laughs> <laughs> and to have less experiences and yeah. <laughs> but I also am not a father of baby kittens coming up, so yeah. <laughs> You the father? Is that, I, is that how it's? No. No, I think that's Tim. Tim. <laughs> Tim's the daddy. Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. You can join us live each week or listen on Automatic and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl.
And that's the end of this podcast. <laughs>